Well, if you have your Bible, turn with me to 1 Corinthians 3. We're going to look at verses 1 through 4. Today we're talking about moving from milk to meat, moving uh, from milk to solid food. That's what uh, our Lord wants each of us to do. No matter where we are along the spectrum of faith, he wants us to keep moving forward, keep moving up, uh, growing, developing uh, in him. Well, let's look together at God's word. As far as my own experience of you goes, brothers, I could not speak to you as to spiritual men, but only as to fleshly men, as to babes in Christ. I fed you on milk, not on solid food. For solid food you were not able yet to take. And indeed, even now, you are still unable to take it. For you are still fleshly. For where there is envy and strife among you, are you not fleshly? Do you not conduct yourselves in accordance with human standards? For when one says, I belong to Paul, and another says, I belong to Apollos, are you not then men, that and nothing else? The setting here is that Paul has started the church in Corinth. He went there, led a bunch of people to the Lord, uh, brought them together, got them to be friends with each other, established a church. It was a small church. It, I'm sure it wasn't as large as our church. It was a group of folks that had come from nowhere spiritually into being the body of Christ in that place. And as time passed, of course, Paul had to leave because he had to go and start another church. He had to go somewhere else and do this and do that. And so he left, and hopefully, you know, he had taught them enough where they could continue to grow and develop and become all that the Lord would want them to be. Well, of course, without Paul there, some people started going in this direction and some people started going in that direction, and they kind of got off uh, course. Uh, They got into the world, they got into this, they got into that, and So Paul wrote them a letter, 1 Corinthians, and this letter is a corrective letter. He's saying to them, you guys have gotten off base, and you need to straighten up, and that's what this letter is about. And of course, uh, they all thought they were spiritual giants, and then they get this letter, and it whacks them down, you know, a a floor or two, and, and they're not happy about it. Uh, That's kind of the setting uh, of our text today. It is true that there is a Christian wisdom that Christians can share, but you've got to know something about Christ. You've got to have read something, read the scripture, studied the scripture, uh, grown in the faith with other believers. You've you've got to take in some steps When you do that, you can discuss some things and and go over some things, understand some things. But that was not the situation in Corinth. They were so immature. Look at verse 1. As far as my own experience of you goes, brothers, you you notice he has the word brothers in there. Uh, I love that language. Uh, I call pretty much everybody brother and sister. I 
I think that's very biblical. You all are believers. You're part of the family of God. Uh, we, we ought maybe to follow this a bit more. Um, he says, I could not speak to you as spiritual men, but only as to fleshly men. Uh, Paul was speaking the truth, but the truth was too much for him. They, you know, they just kind of backed off. Uh, when someone speaks to you the truth, uh, that is very helpful. Uh, you know, sometimes we need for somebody to come and stand beside us and kind of pull us off to the side and say, you know, you maybe want to think about this a little bit. Uh, maybe you want to do this a little differently. Maybe you wouldn't want to say that uh, many more times, uh, like telling you have on long johns, something like that. Uh, you know, the, the, uh, the words that he was using were not complimentary. Uh, they were corrective in nature. Uh, now, if somebody does that to you, don't get mad at them. I mean, those people are doing the Christ-like thing. Those people are doing what Paul was doing to the folks in Corinth. He was helping them. And they needed to realize that and, and kind of move ahead on, on the words that he had given. It's the true friend that comes to you and, and does that sort of thing. Uh, they thought, of course, they were spiritual giants. The wording here in the Greek language is very strong. There's an emphasis. Uh, you know, there's a time when we have to be honest with certain people. Your, maybe it's your husband, your wife, uh, your neighbors, uh, people in the same club, people on the same team. You know, there comes a time every once in a while when you need to just say something that is the truth. Even though it might not be taken real well, you mean it to help the other person. Uh, do, do you all remember uh, when Art Linkletter had a show on TV and he had the little kids up on the platform? Do you all remember that? Uh, I loved that show because those kids said the most unbelievable things. He had a gift of bringing the best out of the children. You know, that he was great at that. Uh, he would start talking to them and he would ask them questions. And uh, some of the answers were real funny. And some of the answers, I'm sure the parents didn't want them to say. <laughs> but, uh, you know, innocent little hearts, uh, they go ahead and say it. Don't think anything about it. And the audience laughs and everything. One day when I was watching that program, he had about seven or eight kids on the little platform. And when he would walk in, he would be eye to eye with the kids and he would walk over to them and start talking to them. The first little boy that he talked to was a real handsome little boy, and he had on nice clothes, and uh, he was very talkative, and uh, Art Linkletter, you know, said some things to him, and he answered, and some of it was funny, and it was, you know, just went real well. And then he moved next to the girl. She was five years old, too. And he started talking to her, and she was beautiful, and it looked like she was picked for television. And uh, she had on really nice clothes. And her mom, I'm sure, had worked with her hair and got her just exactly right. And 
so Art Linklater was talking to her, and she said a lot of things. She wanted to talk, ready to talk. Didn't bother her that a million people were watching. She just went right ahead and, and did the thing. And they had a good talk, and then he moved to the uh, third five-year-old, who was a little boy. And before Art Linklater could say anything, the little boy said, your teeth are dirty. <laughs> and Art Linklater, you could see this, he, he, would, he took his tongue and kind of, you know, kind of went around with his uh, tongue to get whatever it was off. And, uh, and, and the, the crowd, of course, was just dying laughing. And so then Art Linklater got into the swing. So he put his finger in his mouth and started going like this, you know, to clean off anything that was there. And uh, everybody was just dying laughing. It was just so funny. And, the, you know, the little boy was innocent. He thought, you know, your teeth are dirty. You need to know that. And uh, so he told him. Well, have you ever been out eating somewhere with friends? And uh, when you get home, you go in and, you know, you're uh, in the bathroom at your house and you s notice all of a sudden that you have a great big green thing <laughs> right across two teeth. And uh, it really looks horrible. And you're thinking, why in the world didn't one of my friends tell me this? Why didn't they help me for crying out loud? They didn't say a word. Well, Paul is saying a word here. He is saying that which will help uh, these people in Corinth. They need help. They've got something worse than a big green thing over there too. Uh, they need help in, in developing in Christ and growing the church and doing this and doing that. Uh, fleshly men are not those who habitually uh, observe uh, some kind of sensual sin. These are folks whose existence is determined not by God, but by considerations internal to themselves. They are uh, saying, basically, uh, what's good for me in life? What, what's good for me at the office? What's good for me at my work? What's good for me in the neighborhood? What's good for me at my job with my boss? You know, that's the way they were thinking. Even though they were Christians, they still had that worldly mindset. And they couldn't get rid of it. They couldn't change it. They couldn't alter it. And that's why Paul is writing them this letter, being very frank, very plain with them. Mature, the Corinthians certainly were not. They were not. Uh, they could be described in some translations as babes in Christ uh, or babies in Christ. Uh, they're not heathen. Paul had led them to the Lord. Uh, they're Christian, but they have only made a beginning, just a little beginning uh, in their Christian lives. The word for babes in the Greek is for newborns. So, I mean, this is really kind of an insult to those people that thought they were so spiritually mature. Uh, babies, you know, just want. Uh, that's all they do. They want. They want this. They want that. They want this other thing. They want. That's all, that's all they know. 
they don't give. They want. You know, they don't have the, the concept of sharing. That's not a part of the plan. Uh, they don't want to give. They don't want to share. They want. They want you to do things for them. Well, you know, all of us here today, we, we're that way to a degree. The question is, you know, where's the degree? Is that, is that down here on the scale or is it way up here on the scale? Do we just want or do we give and share? Do we help others? Do we concentrate on ministering to this one or that one? It always thrills me to death when I hear about some of our members visiting somebody that's a shut-in or somebody that can't get out or somebody that is ill and really doesn't, doesn't want to get out. Maybe they could, but they don't want to because they don't want to chance it. You know, it's, it's very, very important that, uh, that we grow, that we don't think, well, we're spiritual giants. We don't need to hear any of this. You know, all of us have room for uh, some more growth, some more development. Uh, Paul wanted them to eat meat, uh, not just drink milk. He wanted them to grow, to mature, to develop. Um, this is always true with every new Christian. This is always true with someone that, uh, you know, has trusted in Christ, is a Christian. But, you know, you've kind of gotten into the worldly stuff and you can't get out. You know, they got you. And uh, you want to be a Christian, but you don't really want all of the friends in that arena to know that you're a Christian and so you kind of hide it a little bit what Paul is saying here is that you should strain for solid food for meat you should strain to grow and develop and that's the way you do it um, you should not do just the basic things uh, when I was in college at Baylor I was called to a church to be the pastor. I was 19 years old. Everybody in that church knew more about God than I did. Uh, everybody in that church knew the Bible better than I did. It was very embarrassing. And I thought, well, what am I going to preach about at this church? These people are saints of God. What am I going to do here to help them? And I found a book in the uh, library at uh, Baylor, and it, it was Simple Sermons by Herschel Hobbes. And I thought, you know, that's something that uh, maybe I could use. And so I went out, and, and I just went through the book and uh, preached uh, those sermons. That's what the book was for. And uh, after I preached the first sermon at that little country church, about ten of them came up and said, that's the best sermon you've ever preached. So I thought, well, there you go. The Pharisees and the scribes in Corinth, they didn't want the Christians to grow. They didn't want the Christians even to be Christians. They didn't want the Christians to get up any movement or build a church or anything like that. They didn't want any of that. They wanted these people to know law number one and law number two and law number three Law number four. They had umpteen laws, and they wanted all the people to know them, 
and all the people to follow those laws. That's what they wanted. And they were the religious leaders in Corinth and everywhere else. So that was kind of the, uh, the setup. You know what we need? We need concepts and principles. Uh, if we're going to grow in Christ, we got to develop Christian concepts. There is never enough laws or rules to cover every situation. That'll never happen. So what you've got to depend upon is Christian concepts, Christian principles. Uh, I grew up in a church in Chattanooga, Tennessee, and the preacher was a good guy. I really liked him. But every third sermon was about dancing and how bad it was and how it would lead you straight to hell. And uh, I, I mean, every third sermon, I'm not exaggerating. The other thing that he was really hot on was Sunday afternoon going to the movies. Don't do that. And uh, don't, go to, don't go to the movies on Sunday at all. That's terrible. And, you know, as I grew, I knew that was ridiculous. You know, just totally ridiculous. I, I liked him. He was a nice guy and everything, but that was ridiculous. And, and you know, you, you get to where you, you know that some things are ridiculous. Now, today, if you're one of the mature teachers in our church, if you're one of the mature leaders in our mission endeavors as a church, if you're one of the folks that head up one of those organizations that Dr. Clore mentioned earlier, if you're serving the Lord in some way, I mean, our church can't run without those sound people back there. Our church can't run with people that come in here and volunteer and clean this area up. Our folks uh, really step up and take jobs and do things. Please, please, for heaven's sakes, don't stop doing that because that's what it's going to be that, that takes every one of us, no matter how new in the Lord you are, takes us up the scale and ups our game and makes us more Christian, more mature in our faith. That is what Paul is saying. We need to grow spiritually. That's what we need. And indeed, he says, verse 3, even now you are still unable to take solid food, for you are still fleshly. So the Corinthians are reading this and they're saying, well, he doesn't know my heart. He doesn't know who I really am. What had happened is some people that traveled had taken the news to Paul of what all they were doing in Corinth, and it, it wasn't good. And so he wrote this letter. Now, here's the thing. Are we growing, are every one of us in the house today, are we growing in love? That's important. Are we on a plane, and is that plane at a low level? Are, but are we growing in love? That's what we ought to be doing. That's, that's the goal. Are you a racist? You need to grow beyond that. Are you a person that always wants to dominate, you need to grow beyond that. That's not good. 
Are, are you somebody that's selfish? Are you uh, always having to draw attention to yourself? That's not good. You know, we need to ask ourselves. We have some dis- different issues than they had in Corinth. We don't have any scribes and Pharisees around here. But uh, we have some of the same issues, and we need to deal with them. We need to, to work on it. Uh, continuing verse 3, For where there is envy and strife among you, are you not fleshly? He says, if you've got en- envy and strife then, strife, then you're not where you ought to be spiritually. You shouldn't have those two things. Well, guess what? We all have some of those. Maybe not a whole lot of it, but we all have some of it. And what we've got to do if we're going to be mature in the Lord is we've got to press down on that and and hopefully kind of get it out of our face, get it out of our life as best we can. Other standards than Paul's seem to have been employed at Corinth. Uh, Gifts of the Spirit, such as speaking with tongues or prophecy, Those are the things that conferred status in Corinth. And uh, Paul is saying such gifts, when not accompanied by love, are terrible. He's saying if you don't have love, this isn't adding up. You've got to have a growing love. You are no more than fleshly. Uh, That's man-centered. We don't want man-centered. We want God-centered. That's the thing that we need to do. Envy and strife are the opposite of love and clear indications of egocentric living. We don't want that. We want to be focused on the needs. That's, you know, Christ called us to follow him, to go the extra mile, to reach out to the broken and downhearted. You know, we have a lot of people that are members of our church that are uh, confined to a small area somewhere here in the the neighborhood. We have people that are members of our church that were faithful members here for years and years, and they're shut in at home. And, uh, you know, we need to reach out to them and see them and love them, care for them. Uh, Those things are just very, very important. He says uh, in verse 3, Do you conduct yourselves in accordance with human standards. You know, we all go by some standards. You know, if you're a guy and you're wearing a tie, your tie ought to go down to where it touches your belt. doesn't go over your belt. It doesn't stop right here. It it touches your belt. Uh, That's uh, what it's supposed to do. That's, That's how long it's supposed to be. Uh, you know, if you don't have uh, the right kind of vision, if you're colorblind, you need to get somebody to help you, uh, you know, to help you. Maybe uh, your wife or husband uh, does that. Uh, you know, we don't want to go by the human standards. We want to go by the standards that are really important, the spiritual standards that our Lord wants us to have. The question, a rhetorical uh, repetition of are you not fleshly, it's just a recurring of that, brings out clearly what Paul means by fleshliness, which is life 
cut off and opposed to God, self-centered, self-contained, and self-directed. Some people think this way. They think, you know, I trusted in Christ when I was 11 years old, and I'm 65 now, so I am a mature Christian. Now, is that right or is that wrong? Well, it depends, of course. You know, the passage of time is not the indicator of where you are with the Lord. You know, you've got to get in the game if you're going to be a real servant of Jesus Christ. You know, these committees that Dr. Clore mentioned, those folks are, are making this church go. Without them, we couldn't operate. You know, where are you serving? Where are you helping? That's really important. You know, we, we have a lot of singles in our church. I really want us to have a, a very strong single adult ministry here. That's very, very important. Uh, they go out and eat uh, lunch every Sunday. That's a first step one. But why don't we have step one through 27? And, uh, you know, kind of keep it going and build it up. That's uh, really what we ought to do. Verse 4 says, when one of the folks say, I belong to Paul, and another one says, I belong to Apollos, and another one says, I belong to Cephas, and some even said, I belong to Christ, you know, that says that you're not mature in the Lord. You know, you've got to, to buy in to the gospel account, to the apostle uh, teaching. You've got to buy in, in our day, of course, to the uh, Old Testament and the New Testament. You've got to buy into that. You've you got to learn that, know that, grow in that. Uh, that's what the Lord is calling on us to do. Well, uh, these were Corinthian men not giants in the faith. The trouble was that they had human beings uh, to lead them and guide them away from where they ought to be spiritually. And Paul is saying, guys, uh, now let's, let's get back in the main road. Let's do it this way. We need to listen for the voice of God. The voice of God is calling to you all the time. The voice of God wants you to hear certain things. Certainly sermons, certainly the message of the songs that are sung, certainly the words that are spoken by a friend to you, a neighbor to you that is trying as best they can to, to kind of encourage you, nudge you a little bit in a godly way. We need to listen for the voice of God through all of those uh, ways so that we can be close to Lord God Almighty. Well, today, if the Lord is leading you in some way, uh, maybe to trust in Christ, maybe you've been around Christian stuff a lot, but you have, there's never been a time when you have personally affirmed your faith in Christ. You know, really, every single person ought to do that. You know, when Jesus would go around and teach and preach, he'd say, those of you that would follow me, come on. In other words, come out of the crowd. Come and follow me. And they did by the hundreds. 
Well, today, would you, would you slip away from the crowd and take a stand for Christ? Let people know where you stand, that you're a child of the King. Today, if you're already a Christian, you've been growing in your faith, and you want to be in a church that teaches the Bible, that loves people, that believes in missions, we hope that you'll come and join with us and serve with us. That's what we are trying to do. I'm going to stand right down here at the front, and if the Lord's leading you, Please come and join with us and serve with us that the message of Christ might go out in a strong, strong way. Let's stand as we sing together.